Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Schmoofcast. We're here. We're back. It's been a few weeks. Sorry about that. Well, you're back. You're joined here with Brett. And Kristen. And together we are the Schmoofs. We have a huge history with the theme parks and working at them and the resorts and the themed hospitality entertainment industry altogether. I think we have over 20 years combined experience and we're here to share our love of the industry with you. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing... Actually, the 20th anniversary of a Disney park just came out, which is, I guess it's exciting. It's uh, the little park in California known as uh, Disney California Adventure Park turned 20, actually just a few days ago, um, early February. Makes me feel old. Well, you were there opening year, weren't you? I was there multiple times opening year. It was a very different world then (laughs) than it is now and what it will continue to be in the future. But yeah, 20 years. 20 years of, I still don't think California Adventure is a is a good park. It's, I think it's, it's weird. It feels weird. So, Dak has also celebrated some pretty big milestone birthdays. It's not that much older than California Adventure, but it feels like it is, I think, because California Adventure has somehow managed to go through so many different growing phases that, like, the California Adventure that we know and love now is, like, five years old not even yeah. and that's what it feels like as opposed to being a 20 year old park it was a, a very different guest experience going at that point i know we talked about it previously with the re-theming of buena vista street and the entry of that theme park but not just the entry but so many portions of that park have been added demolished all but those things they've basically rehashed 90 percent of that park from opening day they have. It's almost a completely new theme park. What? But still, let's see. There's the Hollywood Boulevard Studio backlot area. Well, Hollywood Pictures backlot is still mostly untouched, minus, of course, like, uh, well, I guess Monsters Inc. took over Superstar Limo. I never did that. You Every never time did Superstar? I so we went to we went to the resort many many times, but every time we went, it was closed. Wild. And like. That's the one thing that my dad's like, ah, oh, we never got to see it. I wish I wish I could have seen We've it. We've seen videos, and I don't believe it existed. So I'm um, so as an East Coaster, I grew up when I saw California Adventure open up, just through the Disney news media and the Disney magazines and Disney Channel and such. And you see Disney with their, uh, you know, their first inverting coaster on that coast over at Disneyland, and you see Soren, and you see these other amazing attractions over there that they kept showing off as this like the big brand new theme park brand new technology it, it was amazing it was something that i always looked at and was like wow i'd love to see that one day i'm never gonna get out there to see it but you know pipe dream it just it's a very different disney that i've been used to at walt disney world and now looking back i'm like why would i ever <laughs> want to visit that how did someone green light all of those things but it, it wasn't a let me rephrase it wasn't a bad theme park i think it was a a design and an idea that was very high level that when they had to bring it down to the detail which is what disney is so good at right that's why people enjoy these parks is the detail that goes into them and as soon as that like overall concept of the golden bits of california were coming down to the details suddenly it's like a well no one actually knows the specifics about why the pier is so cool or 
all of these things. I just think it was a silly idea. You're not going to build a Florida themed theme park in Florida. Like, I'm not going to walk down a new Disney theme park and I'm walking you, down no, no, no. downtown Miami as an entryway. You don't get to talk. You went to Gatorland. Gatorland was amazing. <laughs> but Gatorland is Florida, the theme park, but it's not trying to emulate different parts of Florida. Like, we don't have a theme park here that's trying to p- uh, pull a piece of Jacksonville, pull a piece of Tallahassee or Gainesville, and throw it all into one theme park. Because it's just... It's a lot. It's Well, it's going to look the same. And I, I guess that's part of the point of why showing off California is because California is so varied and different. It is. It has, like, a crazy amount of difference in Northern California versus Midland California, if you will, to Southern California. Versus the beach, versus... I mean, the national parks, there's mm-hmm. so much that's, it is a wild, it's a crazy landscape. It's something I'll never fully comprehend. But that's why I, I can a hundred percent see, this is why I say it, it's like high level. You get it. You get why people would want to bring these things together, especially an entertainment company to kind of show off. Well, this is the California that we love. This is the reason why we're here. This is whatever. So high level, I get it. High level, I, I love the idea of bringing all those aspects together for people who are traveling, because that's the thing. Disneyland was already a destination for people outside of California that may not be going to Northern California, may not be going to these other places. But why would you need the full theme park experience when you get the same experience across the theme park that you get on one ride, and that ride being Soarin' Over California? Oh, I miss Soarin' Over California. We were very lucky when we were there. Um, for Galaxy's, for Galaxy's Edge opening, they actually did kind of a, a limited time magic where they were doing Soarin' Over California again. And that was awesome to be able to be in California Adventure and do Soarin' Over California. They were handing out oranges as you got off the ride. It was so great. But why why the full park? And I get it. It's all Eisner era. And a lot of the idea that cemented the theme park was they wanted, they had the Soarin' idea. They wanted to build a roller coaster. They wanted a um, an icon. That's why they have Grizzly Peak. Yeah, that, they wanted an icon. They wanted the hotel for the Vacation Club Villas, and they wanted a downtown Disney. Well, Vacation Club came later. Was that not original to Grand no. California? No. That's crazy. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I have no idea. Let me look it up. Now you're gonna make me look. But I mean, adding downtown Disney was huge there, and it connected really Disneyland Hotel to everything else too. Paradise Pier Hotel was not purchased originally. Right, for DCA. It it was already it was already a thing. So Paradise Pier at the point was actually called the Pacific. Mm-hmm. It was the exact same as it is now. It just was under a different name and I believe a different management. Yeah, it wasn't Disney by any means. But it was still considered a good neighbor resort. It was a a true partner resort. Um, they still had character dining and all of that jazz. I remember staying there as a kid and it was very odd. But you also have to remember a lot of the things for California Adventure. This is what freaked me out the most going for the first time. That was all parking lot. Like not even all of it was parking lot because Disneyland had a much smaller parking lot back then. But they took out quite a bit of things for the Grand Californian from parking lots. They took out portions of the Disneyland Hotel as part of that expansion. It was so odd. They had a rear at the monorail. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a lot going on in, in a single thing where you were suddenly like, wait, what? What is all of these things? What is this? So there's all those. I mean, we're talking about the overall theme park being 
I don't want to call it a failure because obviously right now it's not a failure and it's withstood the test of time. Yeah, they can't. You're so weird. But I, thinking about it is that they had all these ideas. <laughs> the to Vacation Club wing. just a second. So Brett's like, oh, yeah, you know, they had a wing for Disney Vacation Club. Now. So uh, Disney California Adventure opened in 2001. And the hotel actually opened earlier. It opened in January of 2001 while there was the theme park itself opened in February and Disney vacation club was not added until 2009. I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Those used to be regular rooms. No, you could get a room that was just, they called it a theme park room and you were essentially just in the theme park and they had um, a gate. So obviously everyone knows about the, the entrance from the grand Californian hotel that takes you to Grizzly peak. They had a side gate um, where you could get to where like those villa rooms are, they would take you right to essentially where it well, was at the time, Mulholland Madness, uh, and take you right onto the pier. So that was a very long time ago. That definitely stopped when they they changed it over to Disney Vacation Club. It may have stopped before that, but I specifically for a while I thought it was just a fever dream that I'd had that you would be able to enter the park that way. But you 100% could. Um, if you were staying at the resort. So that was something that was really interesting. But, I mean, so they, they built this entire park and they rewritten infrastructure and they built a hotel. They built all of this infrastructure with the idea that this was not the end game with what they originally built. Because there was no reason to do all that if this wasn't, like, looking forward to the future. And obviously, I mean, that came true. Uh, we were talking about all the things at California Adventure that are still remaining from the original opening. And Hollywood Pictures' backlot is one of the few. Mm-hmm. The, Grizzly, the original Grizzly Peak area. So essentially just the rapids itself. Um, it's funny because this is an area that's actually expanded. Yeah. So from Grizzly River Rapids to what's now Pixar Pier, it was Paradise Pier before, that's been mostly... Untouched, and there's no reason to touch it. Well, yes and no. So a lot of the one thing that has been touched there—that's the big thing—is the um, the kids' play area. Oh, the Redwood Creek Challenge. That used Redwood, to be something else, wasn't it? It well, it was. It was more focused on redwoods. I think it is character thing now, isn't it? It's themed to Brother Bear and Up. Yeah, it was more. It didn't really have characters in it before it was just the the redwood challenge so it's still a kids area but it was really focusing on like the redwood national parks um from northern california i forget that even exists i know the funny thing is is that a lot of people didn't do it because it before they even like changed the entrance a little bit to make it so more people are aware of it now but before it was you didn't realize what you were passing by and not a lot of people went and then obviously as you're leading up to Paradise Pier, Pixar Pier, the PP, if you will. They had Golden Dream. Was that what it was Golden Dream with Whoopi Goldberg. Yes, with Whoopi Goldberg. Um, and that is essentially where the Little Mermaid attraction is now. They kept the rotunda for the entry. So. They did. That was a trip and a half. I, I, I've never watched it. I know it's on YouTube. Everybody says it was a really, really, honestly, a good show. It was a good show, uh, kind of a showing the grittier side of California's history, including things like mining um, and immigration. So it is. it was very un-Disney, was always what my thought was whenever we did it. Just saying, I love that It was stuff, very though. gritty. 
I don't think that's a, I don't think it was a bad thing by any means, but it was very different than like shows that you'd see over at Disneyland. And then I think that the last piece that's remaining from original DCA is the wharf. The wharf. I love the wharf. The wharf is fantastic. Like out of all the spots, I, I don't need to go to DCA when we visit Disneyland, but I will go to DCA just to go to the wharf to get food. That's not true. Whenever we go, you're always like, Cars Land! Yeah. <laughs> But the wharf, I, I love the Lucky Fortune cookery. I love their meals. The bakery, bread bowls. Ah, uh, Boone Bakery. You got to see them. What is it? The mother. The mother dough. The mother dough. Yeah, they have the it mother there. dough. So they they work a lot with sourdough, and uh, the way that you really make sourdough is you take a bit of what's called the mother dough, which is essentially just old dough, <laughs> and you mix that in, and that's kind of what gives you the yeastiness. Um, as a starter. But they've been using that dough for ever. Yeah, it was actually, I believe it was transported to the Americas from yeah. somewhere. And so I they, don't remember they keep where. adding to it. So whenever you have a boot and bakery stuff, you have original bread from when they originally started. Like, it's that good. It's so good. It's one of my favorites. Any of the food there is really good. It's also, I think, got the best, one of the best atmospheres. Uh, the background music, if you've never sat, if you've are able to get to California Adventure and you just have time, sit at the wharf, have a food, have a beer, have, have a whatever, Baja blender, and just listen to the music in that area. It is so good. It is so, like, just chef's kiss perfect. It's good. I'm going to shout out to Robbie O right now. Uh, he put up on Spotify the playlist from the wharf. So you can search it if you search on Spotify for the wharf California Adventure. So if you want a little bit of DCA at home, we highly recommend it. We do actually listen to it fairly often. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Makes me always makes me subconsciously want bread bowls, which is not something that I have tried. <laughs> Sourdough is is not my friend personally. Uh, we tried with quarantine. We tried getting a a starter, starter going, going yeah. multiple times. It For did months. not work. I I accept that. I so I can cook i cannot bake to save my save my behind i just can't <laughs> so but yeah those are the three areas that's that, it. that really are the same everything else has been kind of it's been nuked or changed i wouldn't say nuked. well even things that they added after opening like tower of terror was not there for opening was it no no and that's already been changed to gardens of the galaxy mission breakout but you also have to remember there's certain things like the infrastructure hasn't changed, but the story of the attraction has changed. Things like Mulholland Madness to Goofy Sky School, they didn't change the ride. They just changed the theme. Yeah, and I mean, they changed all the stuff on Pixar Pier. Like when they built Toy Story Midway Mania, they kind of just plopped it down below California Screaming Roller Coaster. They did. Which is cool. Uh, if you've ever had a chance to visit California Adventure from uh, being a Disney World native, I'm sure you've done Midway Mania out here. Midway Mania is worth doing at California Adventure, I think. Um, it's a little different. It's the same basic ride, of course, but there's like an entry tunnel where they explain the ride because they need to get you out to the show building behind the roller coaster. So it's it's <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun, different experience. Uh, what else has been like untouched or what was touched? Bountiful Valley Farm was uh, removed. Malibuer. Oh, Malibuer. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, Disney had a drop tower. <laughs> well, it wasn't a drop tower. It was very similar to Dr. Doom's Fearfall over at 
uh, Universal's Islands of Adventure, which kind of propels you up and then drops you back and forth a few times before it brings you back down. Yeah. Mellow Boomer wasn't just a drop. It was a woo shoot up. I'm going to take your word for that. I went on it, and I had a great time. So I, I don't know what to tell you. I it looked fun. I think of those things. Jumping. I mean, it was it was very similar. Uh, the Jumpin' Jellyfish, jump jellyfish is like the miniature version of it. Because my sister, my, my younger sister, would 100% refuse to do the Malaboomer. It was just me and my older sister and my dad. We tried to get her... We're like, no, 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 we're going to do the Jumpin' Jellyfish. You're going to see it. It's not scary. And then we'll go do this other one. I have no idea how we managed to convince her to get onto the Jumpin' Jellyfish. I have never heard someone scream so loud in my ear. It's a little parachute ride. My sister hates them, which is hilarious. (laughs) So I've spent a good portion of my life trying to get around things that she really hates. Oh, I just realized something else that hasn't been changed. Uh, The Golden Zephyr. Oh, yeah, the Golden Zephyr. That's still relatively... I mean, they removed... My parents love that ride, and I don't get it. It's fantastic. It's a great ride. You go around in circles. I don't understand the issue. You just go... Like, you get slightly out, and you go, wee! And then sometimes you have the problem that you get on Asher Orbiter, where your entire body is sucked to one side, and you're like, well, I'm never becoming unattached to this. It's a fun ride. It's a fun ride. Silly Symphony Swings used to be Orange Stinger. It used to be, yeah, it used to be in a giant orange. Uh, I miss the orange. I thought it was hilarious. I think it's fun that you can see the entire thing now. You don't have to look through the little, like, swipey thingies. But it used to be, like, the, uh, uh what's the... Oh, Spike? No. The, um, the song. Oh, Flight of the Bumblebee. Flight of the Bumblebee. Yeah. And then it was just all about a zzz, like super loud. You see, and then imagining and even seeing pictures of this gigantic orange. It's a giant orange. On Paradise Pier. It just makes me think that DC at 1.0 didn't actually exist. It was just a pipe dream. It didn't actually happen. No, oh, 100% existed. I loved the orange. I thought it was hilarious. I loved the Malibu. We're being able to go on a tower like that in the middle of a roller coaster loop was pretty crazy. It's so silly. But that being said, like there's a lot of the things that they're doing now that I think are great. I love Cars Land. I think that Cars Land is one of the greatest expansions that Disney has done to a theme park ever. I agree. I think it's better than Galaxy's Edge. It feels more alive than Galaxy's Edge. I would agree. I would agree 100% that it is somehow. I don't know if it's because it's more cartoony. I don't know if it's because... Like, things are just silly. That's the way that it is when you're walking into a cartoon. Well, we've talked about this before, and I guess not on podcasts, but in real life, is that uh, Pandora, so Avatar Pandora over here at Walt Disney World, is this super serious topic, and it's a very serious and mature manner and way they want to discuss it. You're going down a river that was once used to transport bad RDA supplies to the military base, but now it's a tranquil nature reclaiming itself. And you see the Shaman of Songs, and this is a very emotional journey, and that you're going to attach to a banshee and go through your first flight, and it's a rite of passage for the Navi, and it's all this very emotional and real world experience that there's really no room for play. Play. Or a laugh. Cars Land. They dress red the fire truck up as a clown for Halloween. 
It's great. Lightning Mc- or Mater comes out and he is oh what's He's his vam- Vampire Mater. Vampire Mater. They have a they do season speedings for Christmas. Uh, you're riding on the back of a cow tractor for one of the rides. It, it's so it doesn't take itself seriously, and it doesn't try to make you take it seriously either. And that's nice. That's nice when you're in a in a theme park environment, because you there are certain ways that serious comes across well. I think Animal Kingdom is a great example of multiple lands that are really meant to be taken seriously, and you can still have a great time. You have to throw in things like Chester and Hester's in order to Well, Dinoland is very tongue-in-cheek, but it's still about that conservation message. Correct, which is the entire point of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of the serious stuff, they, well, they realized a lot of the serious stuff at DCA just wasn't doing much. I mean, Seasons of the Vine. Remember that show? No. And the word, it's now the Blue Sky Cellar. They had a Sometimes show in there. he tells me things, and I'm like, I don't believe that existed. I went to it. I'm sure I yeah. did. Well, because had, I remember going to Blue Sky before it was Blue Sky. They had it playing here for a while um, during Food and Wine Festivals. It was a lot before. Yes, yes. Okay, I remember that. So it's actually, Seasons of the Vine was a very serious look at how wineries begin planting and harvesting and go through the entire process from the vine to the bottle. And the funny thing is, and I, I think a lot of people will say, well, I don't remember that going there. Um, Blue Sky, before it being Blue Sky, I mean, even now, it is not something that a lot of people know because it is not something that is very heavily advertised. If you know that it's there and you want to go check out whatever is in there, that's awesome. But I remember, like, my first time going, like, actively remembering going into Blue Sky was legitimately because the walls up, the walls were up for Cars Land and they had, as Disney does, the, like, plastered things on it. And it was like, check out more at the Blue Sky Cellar. So we were, of course, like, oh, well, we need to go. Let's go see what's going on. And we went just looked at the model, did all these things. But that was the first time I actively remember going in there besides, like, maybe the second year it was open or something. Like, I don't remember anything. That's the first time I remember actively going into that building. But, I mean, between that and Golden Dream and... And, again, the Redwoods. like the Redwoods. That, Even the play area wasn't necessarily something that was super fun or anything like that. And it came down to even Paradise Pier. It kind of felt like this forced playfulness where it wasn't like a discover your own type of fun. It was more like a, hey, you better have fun on this type deal. Like California Screaming, for one, it just it felt like this very sterile experience. And don't get me wrong, I miss California Screaming, but it was this very sterile experience that just kind of put you in a position and ended it. Yeah, it's a lot of the attractions, I think, and I think that's true of most of the attractions that started there, is that they started when you got on the ride, they ended when you got off the ride. That was it. Like, there's there's no lingering. Like, afterwards, you'd be like, yeah, that's cool. But you weren't going to be like, oh, I remember this. I remember that. So it felt more like an amusement park instead of an actual, like, Disney attraction. A a big Disney attraction. Yeah. Things that really are supposed to make an emotional connection. And that's true of most theme parks nowadays when they're building these new attractions is they're looking to make connections. So I think Disney's doing a great job with overhauling what was there and making it so you have those connections. It's as simple as changing Mulholland Madness, which used to have little like 
paintings and cardboard cutouts of like the crazy teens speeding cars speeding and cars and stuff on and the roads all of that stuff and now by bringing in goofy sky school you kind of as you're going through the queue you get a little bit of an idea of what's going on because of the sidewares and things like that and as you're going through it now you're seeing goofy you're seeing a bunch of chickens flying around that you're nearly missing it's super, sound effects it's super similar to the old uh, disney animated shorts with goofy like the how to the how to the how to yeah which is cool it's it's really nice it was a very simple rethink that works and it works well but it also allows for that emotional connection that you wouldn't have had before that's one of the great instances of disney using their characters to create an emotional connection and that's honestly what they're running with the entire way for disney california adventure we've seen it with first cars land we saw it with uh pixar pier now we've seen it in the hollywood area where monsters inc has come in having tower of terror and then realizing tower of terror didn't work so we're going to change it to guardians of the galaxy expanding to the avengers campus oh that's coming too yeah as that's coming through like and don't get me wrong i think it is a little hard to swallow for the avengers campus because we did lose a bug's land and like five rides five rides uh the biggest thing is it was pulling from a uh source material that really hasn't been relevant and as much as you love a bug's life, <laughs> um, it's not necessarily one that kids are watching constantly. Or and to have a kids area that isn't popular with kids is kind of like doing a Five Goes West theme land. Theme land. <laughs> it was great for the '90s, but once you pass the '90s, we're all confused. Curious George and Barney. Altos well, Curious and George and Barney, those make sense because it's it's a continued concept, right? You can still go out and buy a Curious George book. I don't know the last time I actually saw a five-old book there's, in the store. There's a section of... We're, we're talking about the kids' zone at Universal. The kids' Orlando, zone at Universal right? Studios, Orlando. Uh, there's a section in the back there with Curious George that is just called The Ball Factory. It's a water play area. It's not, it's not The water. entire... Curious George area is a water play area. Yeah. Maybe not that specific one, but to get to it and to get out of it, you're going to be splash zoned. Yeah. That's a topic for a different, <laughs> but, a different time, though. But also just the concept of having kids' areas that really resonate with kids. Uh, the fact that more I've seen more adults riding Heimlich's Choo Choo Train in a single go than I saw people with children it is not our fault that they created an attraction <laughs> that is great to go on while intoxicated <laughs> in a park where you can buy booze. But yes, yeah, so losing that is a little sad for us just because we are a generation that remembers that movie connected with those characters. But I think that moving forward, obviously with having Marvel be, isn't that the highest grossing movie of all time? Uh, I mean, if you combine them all together, yeah, they. No, I'm pretty sure Endgame is the highest grossing movie yeah. of all time. Obviously, something needs to happen with the Avengers and Marvel Cinematic Universe inside the parks. I just I don't know if this is the answer. I, I'm not excited for Avengers Campus. Like we were talking about going out there last year for opening. We were all planned out for their opening in July, and then COVID hit, of course. So they're still postponed until who knows when they open the parks. Who knows? But. 
their Spider-Man attraction looks like Midway Mania and Ninjago, which if you haven't checked out our YouTube video on Ninjago at Legoland, you should do that. But you kind of like just wave your hand and you shoot projectiles that way. The Doctor Strange area looks super small and then there's a Ant-Man eatery and that's it. But here's the thing. A, it's going to tie in Guardians more, which is great. Yeah, so I'll give you that. You have to admit... You love Guardians in all of its incarnations. Guardians is amazing. So I think that you still you need to be more open minded to it. They're gonna build that e-ticket Quinjet attraction too. The facade's going in now, and they will eventually build that. They said in the future. We hope. We hope, unless COVID decided to say, nah, that's not happening. Nah, the. I just I I still don't like California Adventure as much as I like like Disneyland. Oh, I I 100% agree. The only so the only areas. Or area, I guess. If I was to pinpoint the only thing that I like at California Adventure more than I like at Disneyland, mostly because there's no comparison, is the animation Oh, their animation building. The animation building's main foyer is... That is the best attraction at California Adventure. It's impossible for us to describe to you guys if you've never seen it. I recommend Googling... Disney California Adventure um, Animation Hall. Even if you watch a video, though, it's not the same as being there and being 360 encompassed by all of these screens. There's screens and it's sketches, concepts, art, clips of movies while they have different songs going on from these movies. And it really helps bring the idea to life. This is also the building where they have their Turtle Talk with Crush is located there. They have their animation academy, so that's where they do the drawing classes. And theirs is great. They have them scheduled throughout the day, and they let you know what characters are coming up when, so you know what classes to show up for if you want to do that. It's also currently where you can uh, meet and greet with Anna and Elsa. And then they have the Sorcerer's Hall. I don't know what it is. But it's essentially just a little walkway that you can go down. The first room is really shows you the art of animation, they give you things like paper strips and pencils and things like that where and show you how to create animations. Then they have spinning wheels that you can see your animation kind of come to life. So that's really exciting. And then they have the Beast Library down there that no one seems to know about. That's the one thing that I'm like, I absolutely love that building. I think it's amazing. I love everything that goes into it. I don't even like meeting Anna and Elsa. But I think that it is a, they've done a great job bringing them into that location. (laughs) (laughs) I feel the judgment from across the table. A little bit. I mean, so, I don't know. If you send me in California Adventure and say, hey, only do things you enjoy, I I would probably get some film strip fries from Award Wieners. I would get a Clarabelle's hand-dipped ice cream uh, pop. Ice cream bar. Ice cream bar. Wow. They're amazing. They're so good. They're very good. I'd get a hot link from the Corn Dog Castle. Freaking. We haven't even talked about the Corn Dog Castle. That's the other thing I love. We could do an entire episode of Ever Long Rock Corn Dog Castle. The Corn Dog Castle. So I love corn dogs, right? Disneyland's hand dipped corn dogs, seriously the best. However, DCA, they have the Spicy Link corn dog. And it's a million times better. It ups the ante of the Disneyland corn dog game. They're so good. It's tasty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this is all just about food at this point. Yeah, so as you've noticed, Brett's only thing when he goes there is that he has to eat. 
That's it. I mean, I can I can ride a wharf. I could ride haunted mansion back here. I want to eat when I'm over there. We do tend to do that a lot. When we're at Disneyland, we tend to eat a lot because the food's really good. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but no, I, I yeah, happy birthday, DCA. I just I don't. I don't know. Maybe the next 20 years will be worth celebrating for it. <laughs> I still feel that the Hollywood Pictures backlit area needs to be raked and they need to start fresh back there. That's where I thought they were putting Marvel. I thought they were going to honestly keep bugs in and put Marvel back there. That's where the animation hall is. I don't want to get rid of that. I don't think they got rid of the Hyperion. Well, Frozen's not coming back, they said. Uh, it was many other things before Frozen, and it'll be many other things after Frozen. Okay, that's fine. We'll see. Dude, I remember going when it was Stomp. <laughs> so that's another reason of like DCA didn't actually exist. They had stomp at the high period. Imagine going to Hollywood Studios and over at uh, the Beat and the Beast Theater, to like, oh, we have stomp this week. You'd be like, excuse me, what? No, not the Beauty and the Beast Theater. Literally, the High period Theater. It's not open air. It's it's wild. I can't even imagine. Like, no, there's no way this park existed in its state when it opened. There's just so many things about it that were great. It is, I have to admit, a hilarious thing to be able to look back on and be like, oh, yeah, no, I remember when that was a thing. Because it was it was considered a flop. It was like a Disney a Disney flop, which but is weird, but it, I experienced it. It's a great case study, though. It's always interesting to look back and see. Of course, we talk about what changed and what's kept the same. And honestly, Disney changes things that don't work. They do. It's rare for them to have to fit into something where they have to change so much. But that's always been the philosophy of Disney, at least as a brand is we're going to change it till we make it work. And that was, you know, everyone loves to use Walt Disney quotes and I am someone who loves Walt Disney quotes. Disneyland will never be done. will forever be changing is very, very true of DCA. It's the greatest highlight. I think of any Disney park. They're not afraid to throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And I think that's cool. So even if they have something that doesn't do well, they will make it uh, into something that does well. And I guess Hollywood Studios does work with that too. It was doing fine before everything. Definitely not at DCA 1.0 level. <laughs> but yes, it is a DCA is an amazing case study to see kind of those differences. I think it's funny. I have a great I have great memories from there. You didn't get to see it until much much later. I think that's all we have for that. <laughs> Yeah, just a quick happy birthday, DCA. I don't remember you. Kristen does. <laughs> I do. I have fond memories that I will keep with me, um, along with ridiculous shirts that I somehow still own 20 years later. Yeah, you have a jean jacket. I have a I have a Letterman's jacket, an embroidered California Adventure Letterman's jacket that I have had for almost 20 years. Uh you can't wear that in Florida. It's way too thick. Cannot wear it in Florida. It is not something that, that gets to be worn nowadays. But it is in my closet. It still fits. Well, obviously, bought it as a much larger size um, many years ago. But, yeah, those are all those things. Let us know what your DCA memories are or if you think, like Brett, that it's a trash park. <laughs> it, it's, it's not Disneyland. If you put if you copy and paste the California Adventure here to Disney World, it'd be more popular than the Epcot. Oh, I don't agree with that at all. But I do. That's okay. We'll talk about that in another episode. But uh, make sure that you follow us on our social medias at the Schmoofs. Also, be sure to follow Brett if you're looking for 
a little bit more snarky commentary on Twitter at Schmoofy. But I think that's all we have for today. So thank you for tuning in. We'll talk with you next time. So signing off for the evening, this is Kristen. And Brett. Bye. Thanks for listening.